I was going to try to do all the scores in 30 seconds, but it was just too much. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. Two weeks in a row, mid-season form, like always. I'm your host, KJ, joined by Zach Mack. How are you doing today, bud? You know, I'm doing well. I'm dealing with a little bit of whiplash because we got, you know, we had this weekend where we, we finally, after so many months, get to sit down and watch a bunch of hockey. Now I'm back at work, and I'm missing half these games during the day. So it's like it's a little bit of tug and pull here for, between me and the NHL. But, uh, you know, we're here, like you said, midseason form. So I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I, I fortunately, um, making the good out of the bad, get to watch all the games during the day. So <laughs> it's been it's been pretty nice to even have it on in the background, like, we talked about Nashville and Arizona and Florida and New York. We'll talk about those series later, but I don't care too, too much about the games. Sure. So if I'm like playing Counter-Strike or trying to hunt for jobs, I just have it on in the background. It's 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 good, though. It makes me feel like it's the beginning of the season. Yeah. And I think now that the games are starting to pick up in intensity and mean a little bit more uh, with each one that passes, now I'm like glued to each game. It does feel weird too, like like you said, the beginning of the season because it's normally like like don't we normally start in October? Like, that's only yeah, it's only two months away. Right, like it's so weird. Yeah, we oh, man, we didn't even talk about that about the whole return to play being based on a full season next year, but that's a conversation for a different time. <laughs> this episode, we're just gonna break down the weekend basically, uh, as well as Monday and Tuesday. As we play or as we record this, uh, the only team that's moved on is the Hurricanes. But we're gonna kind of touch on each series. There's a YGS in there somewhere, uh, and then we're gonna end with the obviously. So it's it's gonna be a jam packed episode, uh, but I think we're gonna be able to roll through these pretty quick. So, is there anywhere in particular in particular you want to start? Yeah, you know what you you brought up the YGS. Let's let's just kick it off right there. Um, I'm cool with getting. Hold on, it. can I can I guess based on how much you hate? my favorite players is it the maple leafs <laughs> half of it is the maple leafs yeah i was actually going to uh i was going to shout out both sides in that one i'm going to do a okay. uh, a double yGS since we uh since both games have happened since our last episode uh on sunday the blue jackets kicked it off the the series off with a two nothing win over toronto um and that was Jonas Jonas Corposalo picking up that shutout on 28 Toronto shots. And I was talking to you, you know, a little bit after this game and going into the next game that I was clowning on Toronto a little bit. I was like, they, they can't figure this, their shit out. It's, this is just who Toronto is in the first round now. But, you know, they bounce back and Freddie Anderson gets a shutout in game two on 20 shots from the Columbus Blue Jackets. So trading shutouts, um, both teams, you got skunked. But... More importantly, are, how do you like the Leafs bounce back? So, you mentioned the, the brief conversation we had regarding this series, and I wasn't – I mean, they got shut out in game one, and I knew what Twitter was about to be. 
and Jonas, Jonas Kerpasalo was incredible. But, I, I mean, it, was it wasn't like he stopped 28 shots. He stopped 28 scoring chances, basically. Like, the Leafs dominated that game and lost 2 to nothing. And then for the first 30 minutes of Game 2, the same thing was happening. Like, uh, Jeffler said on Twitter that it was, like, the most dominant he'd ever, or maybe it was Dangle. One or two, but it was the most dominant Leafs performance he had seen in years. And they were tied 0-0. Like, they just could not do it. And I, I think a lot of people were ready to crown Corpusalo as damn near the Conn Smythe winner at that point. And then they kind of exploded for three goals. The defense held up. Obviously, the Jake Muzzin situation is very scary, and we're praying that he makes a full recovery. But uh, to win 3 nothing was better uh, than it initially looked, obviously. And now I think they're, they figured it out. I, I, don't, I can't imagine they lose another game in this series. Yeah, I, if I had to put my money on it, I would. I think I'd side with you. I'm not. Uh, I'm not in this this uh, Corpusalo bow. I understand that he played well, and, and I'm not saying that the Leafs played terrible by any means. But uh, <laughs> the most dominant perform Leafs perform. Like, I just. I, I'm not buying it. I, I don't. Uh, I think. I think the Leafs have real problems getting their feet going in the playoffs, and I. You know they, I, I, we 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 always put some sort of uh, euphemism on it. You know whether Boston's their nemesis, and and you know we got the Blue Jackets who might, if they win this series, might be dubbed uh, monster slayers or giant slayers. I don't know, but I just think the Leafs. I, I think they need to win this for their psyche going forward. I just I think, man, I th- I just really think this is a problem for them. I think they're putting way too much pressure on themselves. I think. <sighs> I think that's what it is too. And that's not this. I mean, Corpusalo can play incredibly well in the Leafs still lose the game as opposed to them winning. Like, I don't think Corpusalo, I mean, as good as he played in game one, I don't think he really stole the game because there was so many, there were so many big saves, but there might've been even more like critical mistakes made by the Leafs and not just on like goals given up, just, in transition and, and moving into the zone, like everything, everything they were putting on net was getting blocked. Every, I mean, even yesterday in game two, everything was getting blocked. I, that I do have to admit, I'd never seen anything like it. How many shots Columbus was blocked. It was fucking incredible. <laughs> but I, to say the least have a problem getting going. Yeah. I don't think that's too hot of a take. I think a lot of people would agree with you, whether they believe it or not. But I think that – I don't know. I just feel like that was enough for them to be like, okay, now we know we can score. John Tavares looked like he was going to cry when he got stopped like twice in a row right in front of the net. Yeah. And then he scored a goal and the smile came back. And I think they're ready to rock and roll. Uh, just if they get a little bit more from Marner, they're they're going to they're gonna roll by Columbus and, and just await their first-round matchup. I think so too. I think if I, I I I do believe that the Leafs will probably win out in this series. I dude, I hope so. I, but if Columbus wins another game, it, it gets dicey. It it gets really dicey. If if Columbus wins <clears throat> game three, yeah, it'll be to the Leafs having to win two games in a row. I don't I don't like that. Uh, let's change gears real quick. Let's move. Uh, We'll just kind of cover these as a group, all the round-robin games. 
Yeah. So, so far in the West, we've got uh, the Avalanche beating the Blues 2-1 to and the Knights beating the Stars 5-3. to And I'll let you touch on the Avalanche and Blues game, but I want to I want to talk about the Golden Knights-Stars game because I think it was worst-case scenario for the Dallas Stars. They were steamrolling Vegas. I mean, they were so clearly the better team for so much of that game, and then it just fell apart, and the Knights exploded. And what have I been saying all year? They just know when to turn it on. That was a little late. That was a little too close for comfort. But moving forward, now that these games matter, I mean, five goals might be a nightly occurrence for these Golden Knights. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend too much time walking or talking about this one, other than the fact that I had uh, nine predictions in a row incorrect um, this week, and until this game, which I had picked the Knights in, and it looked like I was going for ten in a row. Was not thrilled, but exactly exactly what you said. I have pretty much nothing more to add. It's the most complete team. If they could do this in the third period, imagine if they've got it on, turned all the way on for three periods when they're in their groove. I mean, this was their first game back. So, I I mean, anyone who had the Knights coming out of the West, you got to be feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah, what about, what about Colorado and St. Louis? Because I have – I, I pegged these teams as your two teams, but I know you picked Colorado. So – were you surprised or, or pretty pleased with the result? I liked the way the game went. I, I both teams, it not being a just complete five to six shootout was, I think for a Blues fan and an Avs fan, you like to see that. I mean, two high powered offenses or or the potential to be high powered offenses playing a very uh, tight defensive game. I thought was was fun to watch. Plus, you get the buzzer beater at the end. I mean, this bracket is as close as we're going to get to March Madness this year. And we even get a buzzer beater go along with it. It's just absolutely magnificent. That was that was really cool. I Colorado just makes games so fun, and that's not even a shot at the Blues. I take a lot of shots at the Blues that they probably don't deserve, and that's not meant to be a shot. I just think Colorado is so fun to watch. Again, though, if you picked the Avalanche to come out of the West, you're also feeling really good. Like I think the two teams that are 1-0 in round-robin play in the West are clearly the two best teams. Is that fair to say? I think so. I like where your head's at. Uh, let's stay in the West. This game ended a few hours ago. The Coyotes took a 2-1 lead over the Predators. And i got to be honest, I'm surprised the Predator, or this wasn't a three-game sweep. What uh, Predators, I, w- I don't want to say exploded for four goals, but the Coyotes got away with one in game one, you could say. They didn't look great in game two, and then they dominate game three. What do you make of the Coyotes? First, right now, what do you make of the Coyotes? Yeah, I, it's more of I, – I can't say it enough. I do not like the Predators. Um, there's, there's nothing I like about that team from a fan standpoint or from a break-it-down analytically standpoint. They're just – I don't – I think they've always been a pretender. And do pretenders make runs every now and then? Sure. But I don't think they're – I wish put out uh, – Greg Wyshynski put out a tweet saying that Arizona had to ride one thing, and it was a combination of Kemper playing well and their offensive weapons exploding. And, I, well, A, of course, yeah, that helps. B, I don't think that's the only thing. Like, you're playing the Nashville Predators. I, I This is – it's boring hockey. You mentioned earlier, like, throwing this game on in the background as an example. It's a perfect example. Arizona plays boring hockey. I can't stand the Predators. I don't think they're very exciting either. And this is just 
I, I don't know. I, I think I said at the beginning that this series was a toss-up for me or a coin flip, and I'm just not all that surprised that Arizona is where they're at right now. Yeah. Did Has it been UC Soros the entire time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that just... I, I'm pretty hard on Pecorine, but he, they got to go with him in game four, right? Yeah, is he injured or what's what is the deal there? I, I didn't. I meant I to miss, look into if that. If he's injured, I miss that. But I mean, shit, dude. Darcy Kemper made thirty nine saves on forty shots today, though. I mean, that's a that's dangerous moving forward, especially for a team like the Stars. Like a Stars Coyotes matchup. I don't know how likely that is. Coyotes are eleven seed, so yeah, pretty unlikely. Being that the Stars are zero one, but. I mean, if you can't break break the wall against Arizona, they're going to be in trouble. Uh, let's stay in the West because I think we're going to spend a minute on this on this series. It's the obvious one: Oilers, Blackhawks. Game one was six to four. I don't like that score because it doesn't show how good the Blackhawks really were, but they were piss poor on defense, so it's fair. And game two for me, and I'm going to let you take it away, but game two for me was best case scenario for the Blackhawks. Get that shit out of the way before you're up against the wall. Yeah, I think this series, I think, is going exactly how both of us thought that it would. There's little to no defense. And this is exactly – this is what – especially for us being fans of these teams, this is exactly what we want the NHL to look like in five to ten years. So I'm I'm eating this up, and I think you put out a tweet saying you want a 24 game series. I would gladly take a 24 game series with these two teams. It's so exciting. I think. Yeah, it I, the Blackhawks the Blackhawks have looked okay, but I thought it was pretty interesting. I was looking at like just stats for the playoffs right now. Only like what is this nine nine rookies have assists in the playoffs. In in total, there's like 13 assists to be had. Kirby Doc and Dominic Kubelik have six of them. By the way, Kubelik also has two goals. I mean, they are – without them, the Blackhawks are probably down 0-2. But that's probably not great if I had to think about it, like leaning so much on those two. Do you think they can – do you think the Blackhawks can stay afloat long enough in game three tonight as we record this uh, to get Taves – and hopefully Saad and definitely Kane more involved to try to – because when Connor McDavid's on, I mean, they've been this good with just Connor McDavid because Drysaddle really hasn't done much. you got to think the Stars of Chicago have to turn it on before Drysaddle kicks into gear. Yeah, I, I, as far as the game tonight, I would I think the Blackhawks got to – well, actually, probably all games left in this series. I think the Blackhawks need to score early in the game to kind of put the Oilers on their heels because we, you mentioned it. It's been pretty much just Connor McDavid so far. And, and it almost seemed like he was just pissed down one nothing. So he realized he was playing the Blackhawks, don't have very much defense and went out and got a hat trick. And it doesn't seem like dry sidled on that level yet. So yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's the thing with this series is that I think the Kane, the Taves, the Debrinkit, those guys I think can like, gear themselves up or, or, or just kind of realize the situation they're in and go, listen, guys, let's just go out there and, like, first 10 minutes of the game, just blitzkrieg them. And if if the Blackhawks are up 2 nothing, 3 nothing, it's trouble for Edmonton, I think. Yeah, I, I, the more 
you can force the Oilers to just, and I know it sounds ridiculous because of how good they are. Uh, and Corey Crawford didn't look great, but he made a couple really good saves, especially in game one. And honestly, in game two, I mean, there's like a 90-second meltdown by the Blackhawks. Other than that, that game probably goes to overtime. But, I mean, when you got to pull the goalie down two or three, whatever it was, you're just never going to get anything done. But both these teams have been a little sloppy as far as penalties, too. And the Blackhawks were really good on the power play in game one. I think they were okay in game two. But uh, I don't want to hit the panic button. But I just don't see the Blackhawks winning game four and five. I think they have to win tonight. I'm starting to I'm starting to get worried about either of these teams if they advance. Just the the uh, the shock that it's going to be playing whatever team they play is probably gonna have better defense than the one they just faced. Yeah, that's completely and honestly, I mean I'm realistic about who the Blackhawks are. I I really just want it for bragging rights. And it's nothing against you. I just need the Blackhawks. I need this. Last time, oh, last right. time I watched the Blackhawks play. I mean, shit. The Blackhawks scored three goals in the first period of Game One. They scored three goals in the last four playoff games. Last time they were in the playoffs. <laughs> and just very disheartening. Uh, let's slow it down real quick. Let's move over to the East round robin. Not too surprising from the Lightning and Capital standpoint, but four to one Flyers over Bruins. Uh, and the Bruins did just tie it up as we record. Uh, they're like five minutes into the – oh, no. Is that game over? No, there's five minutes left. I don't know. It's hard there's to read. There's actually a minute minute and a half left now, and, and Tampa took the lead back. Uh, my, my NHL app is way behind on letting me know. So the Bruins are probably going to be 0-2. Are they imploding, or are they just – gearing up and it doesn't matter who the, who they play in the first round what are, what are your thoughts i mean like, i put a conspiracy theory out on twitter that i think boston's just i don't think they're necessarily laying down but i, I just don't think they're trying to outgas themselves i think they're trying to feel out top level competition i think bill belichick sat down with bruce cassidy over oh, quarantine God. and said hey this is how you uh this is how you play mental games and boston's just gonna slip into that four spot they're gonna play toronto in the opening round which is as a boston fan exactly where you want to be that is true. Are you starting to get worried that the Flyers might be really good? Uh, I, you know what? <laughs> it's funny you ask because over, yes, over the quarantine, I think I've gotten, I, I've become full. Like, wouldn't shock me if we're if the Flyers are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I'm getting closer and closer to having to agree with you. I also wouldn't surprise, be surprised if they lost their next two games. I mean, Capitals and Lightning obviously are very good. Uh, let's talk about that game. That's close game, obviously as close as it gets, goes to a shootout, which don't even get me fucking started that we solved a round robin game with a shootout, but whatever. <laughs> Lightning and Capitals. Do, why, why, why are we not just tuning in for twenty minutes of three on three? Those two unreal, unreal. But uh, Lightning went in a shootout. Are you worried at all for the Capitals, or is that just a toss up for those two teams? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's just a toss up. Um, I mean, you mentioned it, it went to a shootout. I don't. I'm right there with you. It's frustrating to, but also it doesn't matter. I mean, Ron Robin, I, I I see where they're coming from. What I, I, I these games are pointless to me to begin with. What's more likely, uh, one two Lightning Capitals or one two Flyers Lightning? As far as seating, 
Uh, I think one, two, oh man, one, two, Flyers, Lightning, I think. Yeah, I'm, uh, I tend to agree with you, but. I just don't think, I don't think these other three seeding teams are taking Philadelphia seriously. And I say that in the most, like, I know these professional teams never take each other lightly, but in the most way that you can take. So I think they're, they're just looking at fully like, let them win. Like, let them, they're going to, they're going to get swept in the first round. Let them win. It's like letting your little brother score on the pond or something. Like, yeah, he'll he'll leave as soon as he gets his his fill. We won't have to worry about him. Yeah, hey, that's a good point. Uh, a somewhat. No, let's do this one first. Uh, Carolina dismantled the New York Rangers. Uh, gee, I mean Jesus Christ! Rangers scored four goals. Out scored eleven to four in three games. Never for a second. Did it seem like the Hurricanes weren't in complete control? Uh, are you are the Hurricanes a problem moving forward? Yeah, this was weird. I think they are a problem because New York swept the season series for nothing. Jeez. And oh yeah, if the Rangers could sweep the Hurricanes for nothing in the season series and then turn around and get swept in three games straight, I'm not sure who Carolina is afraid of. Yeah, easy to forget that because I just did until now that the Hurricanes were in the Eastern Conference Final last year. Like they're, yeah, they got that, they got that, uh, that that swagger, that that BDE. They they just know they know what it takes. They're gonna be quiet about it, but they're gonna get the job done. And I think we were just talking about where the Capitals might be seated. If the Capitals have to play the Hurricanes in round one, oh man. I think that'd be awesome. I think that would be awesome. That'd be so cool. Fetch the coffee, Ovi. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, But yeah, the Rangers, it's it's tough. But hey, they're in the running for Lafreniere, so let's see how how that goes. Uh, Another surprising series. This is the most surprising. I think this is where we were most wrong uh, collectively. The Canadians and Penguins are tied one-to-one after – one of the most heartbreaking game one performances I've ever seen. And before I get your take, I, I have to say something that Penguins fans aren't going to like, but remember how much I love Crosby and the Penguins. Evgeny Malkin, is he fucking broken? Dude, he's been so bad the first two games. I I cannot believe it. I know. I keep seeing people tweeting about how bad Malkin's playing. He hasn't, to me, hasn't stuck out like a sore thumb, but I, I don't, uh, I mean, Russian, do, do Russian machine break? I'm... I mean, he, he, he hasn't stuck out because he really hasn't even tried to do anything too great, but you see him like, even in the offensive zone, like chasing down a puck, it just looks like he's skating half speed. Like, is he that injured? We don't know about it or... Well, and I hate getting down on Malkin because he takes a beating from a lot of different media outlets, but that's something they got to get figured out in a hurry because for some reason this Canadiens team will not go away. And I hate to say it, but Carey Price has been good. This isn't, by the way, this isn't typical Carey Price. He's going to run out of gas. If, if they get by the Penguins, that's as far as they go. I just don't. I'm not as confident as confident that the Penguins figured it out as I am that the Leafs figured it out. And I think that's kind of an issue. Yeah, it's weird. It's funny you say that because I also have this, that same 
sort of thought tugging at the back of my head is I'm worried about the Penguins. I saw them drop game one. Game two was closer than I would have liked it to have been. Um, game three is tonight. So as, as you hear this, you'll, yeah. have, you'll have known if we are super stressed <laughs> or if we're fine. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm worried about the Penguins, especially since I had them in the Eastern. We both had them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I had them in the Stanley um, Cup Final. Yeah, so it's, I'm worried. But at the same time, it, when you come back from a, a rest like this, teams, there's going to be weird game ones. There's going to be weird teams win. We saw the Wild win, win a game, you know, and I'm, we'll touch on that, but you just see these these weird teams winning games, and, and I think that's going to happen. I So I'm like 50-50. Half of me is worried about the Penguins and, and extremely stressed about this game that I'm about to watch later, which is so weird because it's Canadian Penguins, Canadians Penguins, and I should, on a normal day, never care. But the other 50% of me is like, no, they're fine. Like, that's the only time Canadians are going to have a breath of life in this series was game one. Yeah, I, I hope so. For some reason, I had this weird, like, I don't trust any team to win game four and game five of this series. Like, I'll have confidence in some teams to win game six and game seven of certain series. But, like, whoever, win game, whoever wins game three to make it 2-1, obviously, I feel like is going to win every single series. It's a different. It's a different mentality. You're right. Because being two one, you're you're like, especially if you've been used to the playoffs, you're like, you know, I, you're not taking things easy, but you're still like, we got a couple games to work with here. It's just not the case now. I just God, the Penguins. This is must win. This is more must win than the Leafs for me. I would agree. I'd be on that same. Uh, a series that's almost over probably should be. The Islanders are up two one on the Panthers. The Panthers won earlier today. As we record three two, I had a little more confidence in the Panthers, but it—I mean, it's gone now. The Islanders are the better team. They're going to continue to choke the life out of Florida. Kale McCarr yeah, just I scored a power play goal. Oh wow! Already one nothing. Um, yeah, the this the Panthers Islanders is one that I swung and missed on. I, I thought that the Panthers could somewhat dismantle the defense that. The Islanders are going to put on the ice, and they haven't been able to. I mean, you mentioned they won a game today, so the series is now two to one. But the Islanders jumped out to a two nothing lead. I think they get back to it for Game Four. Although I did say earlier, I said if Florida wins one, then they're going to win three in a row. You did say that, and I think that was I think that was me just not wanting to give up on my original take, <laughs> and just and just like thinking, well, they've got it figured out now. They'll, they'll roll. But the more I sit here, the more I think about it. I I don't think. Trotz is going to let his team lose three games in a row. Yeah, I can't imagine so. And I don't want these series to end early. Like, I, I want it to be these full days of hockey because it's so much fun. Yeah. And there's really not a ton to say about the the Islanders-Panthers series other than, uh, let me just figure it out. Just whoever's going to win. Like, if, if the Islanders are just going to win the series, just do it in game four because I don't want to – go through two more games of what is just really boring. It's like every def- defensive college basketball team in in the March Madness tournament, like they're the most boring games, like 50 to 40. Yeah, best case scenario, I think, for this series is game go to game five, two to two, go to double overtime. I, exactly. Uh, let's finish it up with two Western Conference series. Um, again, we'll start with one that's probably over. In a little bit of a controversy – uh, Flames-Jets, game one, the Flames dismantled 
quite literally dismantled the Jets. Before we talk about anything else, the Kachuk play with Mark Shifley. Obviously, I like Matthew Kachuk, but I didn't. I think Paul Maurice kind of overreacted. This was the butt ed, butt end incident on the bench. No, this was the uh, uh, Mark Shifley getting tangled up at the boards, and Paul Maurice saying that like Matthew Kachuk dug a skate into him, and that's why he's injured so bad. Oh my gosh, I missed all of this. I haven't caught a minute of this game or the, this the series. series hasn't boring, and it's on like at midnight. Uh, but yeah, so basically Matthew Kachuk, people think he took a really nasty cheap shot at Mark Shifley. I didn't see it from the angles they showed. Paul Maurice said there was like a blue line cam that showed a good a good angle of it, but I haven't seen that. So I think he kind of overreacted in calling him out. There's been some cheap shots kind of all around this series. The Jets won game two, three to two. But again, the Flames came out <clears throat> and hurt them yet again, six to two. Again, I don't want it to be over soon, but I can't see I don't see the the Jets winning another game in this series. They're just they're injured, no line A, no Shifley. The Flames are fuck, I'm gonna do it. The Flames are hot. <laughs> yeah, the Flames after they getting bounced in the first round last year as a one seed. I think you're right. I think they're I think they're shoe in here to make it to the next round. As serious as, like I said, I've now that I say I haven't watched a minute of it, I think I watched a period because I was I think I was actually watching when Hellbuck tried to save that shot backwards. But um, I it's been a weird series for me. I, I thought the Jets were going to do better, like you mentioned. They've got no Shifley, no uh, line A. That doesn't bode well. But was kind of I thought I thought Hellbuck was going to keep a minute more than he has. I, I mean, it's not nothing against him. I mean, obviously the team's hurt in front of him, but. Uh, yeah. Weird. I think it is at this point though, I'd rather see the Flames in the next round with all these injuries to win. Yeah, I mean the Flames are gonna make any any series a better series of these two teams for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna back obviously it's a regular season award. Hellbuck was unreal in the regular season, whatever. But um yeah, he just he hasn't been great, but also to defend him, you know, because he's my hot take all year, I, there's just nothing in front of him. I mean, he's been a little all over the place, and he's he's made some pretty dumb mistakes, but there's just no help. Uh, the last series that I think is a little interesting, at least for me, uh, even though DJ did tell us that the Wild are going to win this series, the Canucks in Wild are tied 1-1. I thought this might have been your YGS choice just because of how confident we were in Vancouver, but uh, and the Canucks won a uh, close 4-3 to game two. I'm, I'm a little less confident in the Canucks right now. Are they too young? I, uh, this it's it's weird because I'm not stressed about the Canucks, and this is this is flipped from what I thought was going to be the situation between us, because uh, you're the Canucks guy. But, um, I thought I thought I alluded to it earlier. I thought the Minnesota win in Game One was oh, like the Canadians win, where they were just taking advantage of a team not being prepared, and like you said, a young team. Coming back off a break, probably wasn't as prepared as they should have been, and Minnesota jumped all over it. And and then in game two, uh, you said it was it was four to three, but it was four to one, um, and then Fiala scored two goals in the third period to make it four to three. So Fiala is just, I think, all that Minnesota has 
And I'm doubling down on the fact that I think Minnesota has absolutely no chance to get through this series. I, I hope you're right. I really hope that's the case. God, they play at 2.30 p.m. tomorrow. That's so weird. I'm just so used to late games for Vancouver. But yeah, I, I would like to think that that was the Canucks coming out party and they're going to start uh, scoring like we know they can. I'll tell you what, though. The love for Elias Pettersson on social media, uh, I'm here for it. You talk about a coming out party. I mean, he is everyone's favorite Canadian son right now. Well, Canadian team yeah. son. I know he's Swedish. I'm putting a uh, putting a magnifying glass on Pedersen because I've watched him. And he was getting a little scrappy, actually, in the last game. Um, he drew a roughing penalty after the whistle, which I thought was pretty mature for a guy. Dude, age. he's been getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me if you're going to go after someone in Vancouver. Um, Quinn Hughes probably isn't the smart choice. So, uh, I, I'm just I, I need I, I want to love Elias Pettersson because you, you brought him up. So I'm gonna talk about. It. I want to love him. I just I haven't found a reason, and I, that's why I said I need to watch more Vancouver games because the ones I've watched so far, he doesn't stick out to me. I can't tell who he other than the number he's wearing. I can't tell who he is. Just remember to say remember that his nickname is Geeky Pete every time he does something cool. <laughs> And it'll make you like him a lot quicker. All right. I think Pedersen might be the, the first Vancouver jersey I buy. I love that kid. Uh, you want to end on some obviouslys? I think you have a couple for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get some obviouslys in here. It's been a while. It's been a few months. So we've got tomorrow's games. Um, I won't read them all off, but I've got two obviouslys for you. So I'm going to give you a couple games. You're going to tell us uh, who's going to win those games. Uh, so – First one that I'm going to give you is going to be at 6.30 Eastern tomorrow, Vegas and St. Louis. Vegas. Vegas, obviously. And then the game just following that at 8 Eastern, we've got Leafs jackets, Blue Jackets. Leafs, obviously. The offense is going to click. Freddie Anderson's going to be very good. No question. I actually like those picks. I'm behind both of those. Yeah, for some reason – I think I'm literally beating a dead horse with this, but for some reason, I always feel like you're ready to jump all over the defense of the St. Louis Blues. And I know that's not true, but I continue to think like, oh, if I say this about the Blues, Zach's going to not like it. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that they were the best team in the West all season. I just don't think they're a Stanley Cup team. That's fair. I mean, I, I mean, I, I conceded a lot during the season that, Vegas was never playing the best in the West, but I I think they're the most prime for a Stanley Cup run. And again, just to circle back to the series we care the most about, or that I care the most about, I don't think like you, you watch Vegas and Colorado especially play, but even Dallas and St. Louis show show this type of mentality of like they're not gonna let the Blackhawks and Oilers do what they want to do. Like you're gonna have to play defense. I don't think they have the capability. So Probably just rooting for nothing because it'll take the Blackhawks out of the number one pick pool, but better than losing the first round again. I want to, uh, I just sprung this on you just now, but I want to, uh, I want to incorporate a new segment just for this bubble, bubble scenario where since you were, we were doing graves, we were doing, um, burials for other teams. So now that the, uh, Rangers are out first team out, we get to bury the Rangers, and then I want to ask you: Are there odds 
and this is purely just guess, I guess, at this point, but unlikely, likely, or really likely, if the NHL wanted to rig the lottery, that the Rangers will get the first pick. Likely, unlikely, or very likely. Where does where do, where do the Rangers fall on that spectrum? I think as it stands, likely that it would be in the Rangers' favor. I, mean, I think I, it, it'll depend on who else gets eliminated, obviously. But I think yep. being being the first one, my, first one eliminated, might actually help their case. And we know everyone gets a twelve point five percent chance. But I mean, if the Blackhawks get the number one pick, you're all going to say it's rigged anyway. So. I think it's likely. That's a good question. And RIP to the Rangers. You had a good season. Artemi Panarin MVP. Yeah, because I think you. I think the Rangers were one of the first teams we actually buried in the regular right season, too. and then well, Montreal was Panarin. too. Yeah, twenty four teams really kind of screwed up our burial process. <laughs> right, and we've been digging up graves all quarantine. <laughs> uh, did we miss anything? Oh, I don't think we missed anything. No, we're down to uh, 23 teams left. 23 teams left. I think by the next time we talk, there's going to be some first-round games to be to be played. Uh, by the way, if you have not – let's do some house cleaning real quick. If you have not signed up for the Stanley Cup Bracket Tournament, head over to at Puck Puck Pass Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can click the link there and sign up. And then August 10th, you can fill out your bracket – uh, I think it's going to go round by round, actually, because of the reseeding. I mean, it, it would have to, unless they just let you pick all the way through based on who you pick. I don't know. That'd be that'd be fucked up. But let's hope they do round by round. Either way, August tenth is when you can fill out your bracket. Uh, head over to Twitter; we posted it over there. Also, uh, Belly Up Gaming, no G at the end, on Twitch. We've been going pretty strong. Counter-Strike's been a ton of fun. As well as the other games we've been playing, I put out a clip at Belly Up Gaming with the G on Twitter. You can check that out. Uh, Zach Mack, what do you have going on? Oh, just, uh, you know, What's Up Belly Up is uh, the other podcast that you'll find me on. Uh, I've been on Belly Up Fantasy Live lately, but I'm taking a step away from that. Um, if you are... Somebody who plays fantasy football, tune in during the season, and you'll see me on there because um, my expertise tends to be more on the waiver wire and not the uh, the draft. So I'm focusing on hockey for now. So just right here, at Zach Mack is me on Twitter, and then at What's Up Belly Up. Check it all out. All right. That about does that. Um, we'll see you guys next Wednesday for Maria. For at It's Zach Mack, I'm at Hosted by KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Yeah.